Hashtag winning. My friend Brendan is a journalist who is not shy when it comes to picking apart arguments or challenging ideas. We meet regularly at a diner for breakfast where we drink too much coffee and rant about our passions and problems. After a long discussion about why the Danish Prime Minister Birgitta Newborg's husband was such an unsympathetic character in season one of Borgen, we wandered into the topic of human intelligence. I argued that intelligence is a value-laden term that we should 86 altogether and instead simply catalog and describe individual cognitive skills without judgment. If we judge the value of cognition not by its complexity but biological success, then humans are both too new on the scene to properly evaluate and likely to run afoul of natural selection due to prognostic myopia. Crocodiles might be a better candidate for the moniker of intelligent animal if we're valuing cognition for its ability to generate evolutionary advantageous behavior. In that sense, crocodiles are winning, I said. No, we won, argues Brendan. No other animal has dominated as hard as we have. What do you mean by dominated, I countered, because there are more bacteria living in your butt right now than there are humans living on Earth. If we're judging dominance on sheer numbers, bacteria are winning. Bacteria might be plentiful, argued Brendan, but they can't have this conversation. We can reflect on our own lives, and bacteria and crocodiles can't. We've gone above and beyond simply finding food and shelter. How are we not winning? I've always taken for granted that we're winning, because look at what we're doing. Brendan then went on to cite example after example of our species' greatest achievements. Space exploration, splitting the atom, vaccines, legal systems, megacities, industrialized food production, the internet, music, art, poetry, theater, literature, etc. This list of things that humans can create that other animals cannot is mind-blowingly long. All of it built on the back of our capacity for language, culture, science, math, and so forth. I argued that none of it really matters, that it's all just noise. In the billion-year history of animal cognition, these achievements are just flashes in the pan, bright smoky footnotes to a much longer story about the dominance of simple minds. That's bullshit, Brendan said. Am I seriously arguing that these kinds of achievements, like walking on the moon, have no real value? If we don't attribute value to biological success in terms of either a numbers game, that is how many individuals of our species are alive right now, or a longevity game, how long our species has existed and is likely to continue existing, what other way do we have to judge the value of our cognition and the behavior it generates? Is our exceptional ability to understand and manipulate the physical properties of the universe something that is inherently good? That's what Brendan is suggesting. He's wrestling with a concept of value untethered to biology, where the pursuit of knowledge, truth, and beauty is a worthy goal on its own. I, on the other hand, am determining value from the standpoint of fitness. To me, Copernicus and Ada Lovelace are shining beacons of the awesomeness of human intellectual achievement, but don't account for much if our species goes extinct after just 300,000 years. For Brendan, living a billion years splashing about in the water like a crocodile is worthless if it's not going to result 
in a Copernicus or a Lovelace cropping up to help us unravel the secrets of the universe. I think there's middle ground here. I think there's a method for determining value that melds Brendan's philosophical bent with my cold-hearted scientism. And, like everything in my life these days, it all comes back to my chickens. <laughs>